Let us pray. Our precious Father, we want to thank you again for the privilege we have to study the Word of God. We bless your holy name for sending your spirit to teach us and to guide us. And we trust you, Lord, because it's your will for us to know the things of the kingdom, that you will open our ears and open our understanding, that we will hear what the Spirit has to teach us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we are in this series that I really want to rename, uh, instead of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, rename it the things of the Holy Spirit the spiritual things because the things of the Holy Spirit includes the gifts of the Holy Spirit and some other things that First Corinthians chapter 12 uh, is teaching. So we call it the things of the Spirit because I think that is more appropriate title. Exactly what First Corinthians 12 verse 1 says according to Young Literal Translation. Dr. Young was a, a scholar, a Greek Hebrew scholar, who translated the Bible directly from the original script. And he put it exactly the way I believe it is. In verse 1, he says, And concerning the spiritual things, brethren, I do not wish you to be ignorant. Uh, King James says, Concerning uh, spiritual gifts. But if you read chapter 12, you will find that it wasn't only addressing spiritual gifts. It was addressing also the body of Christ, how you become part of the body and different parts of the body. So it's, that part is not the gift of the Spirit. So that chapter should be actually concerning what the Holy Spirit does in these last days in the life of a Christian and in the church. And I looked up Wycliffe, this another, another scholar. He put it like this, but of spiritual things, brethren, I will not that you, be, you will not know. And of spiritual things, brethren, I will not that you not know. I will not that you not know. So God wants us to know the things that the Holy Spirit is doing. In this last day, the simple reason is this, that when the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, the church must understand this. Jesus came finished. He said, I need to go so that the Holy Spirit will come. We are now in the time of the Holy Spirit. And we live in this His dispensation called the church age. In these days and time, every believer needs to understand very well the things of the Spirit. Very, very well. So that you can yield to him because he's here to, uh, to manifest everything Jesus died for to bring it into reality in the life of those who believe and, and receive them. So we need to understand the, the things of the Spirit and the activities of the Holy Spirit so we can yield to him as he uses us to bless others and as he manifests in our life to manifest the realities and the things that Jesus paid for us to, to have. So, and then you understand again that the enemy knowing this is really, really bringing confusion as regards to the things of the Spirit. He's really bringing a lot of do- false doctrines as regards to the things of the spirit. And in this last days, brethren, you, you don't have time for the flesh. This is not the time for the things of the flesh. It's the things of the spirit. So you, you need to really be invested in understanding the activities of the Holy Spirit. So you are not deceived as the devil is doing a lot of stuff to confuse people. Even churches are bought into his deceit and teaching things that are not really 
scriptural about the activities of the Holy Spirit. So, the chapter of 1 Corinthians focuses on the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, like I say, through the body of Christ, all the things of the Holy Spirit. And then, um, as we read it, it says, concerning the spiritual things. And that's what we are going to discuss. Now, God sends his Spirit upon men and women to use them. Upon men and women to use them. And he's been doing this right from creation. He sends his spirit upon men and women to use them. In different dispensations, that's what he's done. And in this last dispensation, what the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what God does with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one such empowerment by God to send his spirit upon men for service in his kingdom in the New Testament. With this baptism comes speaking in tongue, which is exclusively for this church dispensation. Speaking in tongues and various other things that the Spirit does, the gift of the Spirit, various other things that the Spirit does to the believer manifest mostly when Christians get baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we must not confuse baptism of the Holy Spirit with receiving Christ as salvation. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for your character. It's not to make you a better, a better person. That's not the purpose at all. Character comes from within, not from without. Jesus said from within comes everything. So the, the character, the, the, the one that God gave us for, for character is life. Christ came that will have life and have it more abundantly. So we received Christ and we received the new nature. And the new nature is, has all the fruit of the Spirit in it. So all you need to do is to develop the fruit of the Spirit by knowledge, by understanding these things and seeing how it works. And you don't, you don't develop the fruit of the Spirit by baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's not the purpose at all. So we need not get confused because the enemy is trying to confuse people, thinking that now the anointing comes to make you a better Christian. That's not true. That's not what it does. It's not what it does at all. And then don't get confused when you hear the Scripture talk about the Spirit of God being in you. Yes, the Spirit of God is described as the Spirit of the Lord, mostly from the New Testament. It's called the Spirit of the Lord. And the, 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 the Bible calls the Spirit of the Lord because the Lord is Jesus. Jesus is God. So he uses it sometimes interchangeably in Scripture. So when you hear you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, too. It's the Spirit of God. Look at Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. You see what it says? But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God, see what calls him? The Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, see, calls him the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So don't get confused. It's correct. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. Let me read it again. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, it's none of his. So it's the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. Now, look at um, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit. 
And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage freedom. He's talking about the spirit of Christ. He calls him the spirit of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's, it's used interchangeably and it's absolutely correct. Now, in order to clear some confusion from some, for some people, the Bible talks about three spirits, not more than three. First of all, there is the spirit of God. We don't, have, we don't have two spirits of God. There is the spirit of God. Then there is the spirit of man. Which if the spirit of man lives, the body dies. There is the spirit of man. Then there is evil spirit. Called, Jesus called it unclean spirit. And then there is clean spirit, the angels. That's all. There is no other spirit the Bible t- teaches us about. Now, some people think that animals have spirit. It's not true. If animals have spirits, then animals will be born again. They come to church. But animals don't have spirit. They were not created in the image of God. The image of God is not carnal. God, God has always been a spirit. So they were not created in the image of God. So they are just mere animals. So they don't have spirit. They don't have spirit. So, and, and God didn't create them the way he created man. Formed man with his own hand and breathed into man. Animals were not created like that. They didn't have the breath of God in them. So they don't have spirit at all. So there are these three spirits that the Bible uh, teaches us about so that we understand it and don't get confused. There are not two Holy Spirits, there's just one. And there are not two spirits of God, just one. There, are, there is the spirit of God, the spirit of man, then the, spirit, the, 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 the demonic spirit, and the angelic spirit. Now, you know, Jesus calls Satan unclean spirit. And he gave us authority over unclean spirit. Not over clean spirit. He distinguishes it. Demonic spirits are called unclean. I don't know if anybody can find any demonic spirit that is clean. Because they are evil. So, it, look at Matthew 10 verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits. He distinguishes it. Unclean spirits are demonic spirits. To cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. Now, if there's unclean spirit, then there is clean spirit. Who are the angels of God that hearken unto his word? They are clean spirits. So he didn't give us authority to go and be casting out demons. You don't have to cast out demons because they're doing the same thing that you are doing. So he distinguishes them. The unclean spirit is the demonic spirit, but the good spirit are the angels of the living God who are serving his purpose. Now, so for God to use people, he puts his spirit, the Holy Spirit, upon them. Upon, not within. He puts it upon them. Not to produce life or character, but to empower them to use them to do supernatural things, which they cannot do naturally. He comes upon them and uses them to do the acts of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So we see in the Old Testament, we can see that it was happening. Now, the Old Testament is called a shadow. So that was not baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are going to see that from Scripture. So that you see some of the confusion that the enemy is causing about baptism of the Holy Spirit I'm focusing on it so we clear all of it. So you make sure you don't have wrong doctrine in you. So you don't, make, so you don't fall prey to this confusion. 
so that you are clear in your mind what spirit is working in you. So you don't allow the devils to start speaking through you because you, you don't believe correctly. Now, in the Old Testament, God will put his spirit upon the priest, upon the king, and upon the prophet. Those were the three offices that God used to carry his purpose out among his people Israel, not in the whole world, among his chosen people. Among his chosen people, he appointed king, appointed prophet, appointed um, priest. He never appointed these things outside of his chosen people, Israel. It was exclusively for his purpose and his work among his people. They were his people. So he appointed priests, appointed king, appointed prophets. Now, upon these three people, God will put his spirit. So he will use them to carry out his purpose among his people. That thing he's doing, the Bible called it a shadow, not the real. A shadow is, is, is not you. Your shadow is not you. Your shadow is not you. Your shadow shows a shape, but it doesn't show everything you are. So it's a shadow. So the Old Testament was described as shadows, not just a mere reflection of what God was going to do in the church age. Now, second, Colossians 2.17, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. Yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Christ is the, is the, is the real deal, is the reality. So what, whatever was happening before Christ was called shadow. It's not the real thing. In Hebrews 10 verse 1, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. Not the good things themselves. So under this shadow, speaking in tongue was, they couldn't speak in tongue. Uh, they could, they could, they, the Holy Spirit used them to manifest all the gifts of the Holy Spirit except tongues and interpretation. They couldn't. Because, you see, their spirit was dead in sin and trespasses. And they were not at that time the temple of the Holy Spirit. So their, their spirit couldn't speak in tongues. When you speak in tongues, it's your spirit that the Holy Spirit uses to speak in tongues. So they were dead in sin and trespasses. Their spirit was dead, so couldn't speak in tongues. And their sins was not uh, uh, washed away. It was only covered. So they didn't have complete righteousness like we have. They had only limited righteousness because God was uh, in the temple, the innermost temple, and they couldn't go there. Only the high priest could go there once a year. So they didn't have complete righteousness, complete acceptance, the complete access to God like we have today. So they couldn't have the fullness of the Spirit of God. It was not possible. And so Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. This is what those who believe in Christ get. In my name shall they cast out demons, and they shall speak with new tongues. So speaking in tongues is reserved for the dispensation of the church. When men's spirit will come alive, when men will become, their, their sins are washed away, so that God can live in our spirit the new created spirit that has the nature of God. So God can live in you. And so when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God cannot give utterance through your spirit because the Spirit of God does not work with your flesh. It works through your spirit. 
so that she that speaking in tongues is an exclusive preserve of the New Testament church. After Jesus had paid the price, washed away our sins, created us new, created us to build God a place of habitation, which is our spirit, build God a place of habitation so that God can now come upon us and use our spirit as he gives us utterance. Our spirit speaks as the Holy Spirit gives it utterance. So that the speaking in tongue was not for them. They couldn't do that. It's preserved for us. But they manifested every other uh, gift of the Spirit. We saw it in the Old Testament. Now let's see examples. Saul was ordinary until he was anointed to be king. First uh, Samuel 10 from verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord had anointed thee? See that? To be captain over his inheritance. The Spirit of God needed to come upon him to use him to be captain. Because the Lord was the captain of his people. But he was using a human vessel to be able to manifest those things. So now the Spirit of God, they said, because the Lord has now anointed thee. And look at what happened in verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, you see, upon thee, not in you, will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. You see, the gift they were prophesying, thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Which means you are going to have ability you, that is not natural, that you never had before. And it happened, because now people saw him prophesy, and they were surprised. First Samuel 10, verse 11. See what happened. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, What is this that is come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of, and one of the same place answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb, a soul also among the prophets. So, it became a common saying to say, if you do something unusual, they say, a soul also among the prophets. Even today, sometimes we use that. So, it became a, 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 prof, a, a, a proverb in Israel, a soul also among the prophets. Why? Because they saw him prophesy. He was a different person. Not a different person in the sense that he became a, a, a new character. No. But because there's an anointing on him, and the Holy Spirit was now using him to do what is not natural. What he wasn't doing before. If that spirit lifted, he would not be able to prophesy. So now look at David in 1 Samuel 16, 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. See, David was now being anointed. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So the anointing transferred from Saul to David. Because Saul's Saul, Saul, um, uh, call by God was over. And so David became the new champion. But you know that immediately after that, you could see David, you could see what David was doing. He was no more a regular, ordinary person. Even David was one person that had the anointing of a king and the anointing of a prophet. Anointing, he was a king and was a prophet. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, let us freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, 
and his sepulchre is with us until this day. Verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his lions, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He's seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. See, he, he, was, he was manifesting the gift of, of word of wisdom. We're going to go into details of these things when we start, when we start talking about it. He was, he was revealing, he was, the Spirit of God was upon him, anointed him as a prophet, and he began to talk about the purposes and plans of God that nobody, no other person knew. But he was speaking of things that they didn't know, they didn't understand. But that was the plans and purposes, the wisdom of God. That's why it's called the word of wisdom. That he was now manifesting because the anointing of a prophet was on him. Now, remember, we're talking of the Old Testament times yet. Elijah and Elisha faced King 1915. And the Lord said unto him, go, return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Israel. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abameholah, thou shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. You see, God said, you have to anoint these people to be in those offices so that my spirit can now use them. Now, let's talk about Elizabeth and John, which a lot of people use and say, see, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, that's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is not. Absolutely not. Let's read it. Luke 1, 41. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth had the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. That's John. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So they say, she, she, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. No, sir. No, sir. It was the same anointing that came upon these other people that came upon her. That came upon her. It was God that chose her for this purpose. And anointed her. Remember, God will put his spirit to use you for something special. So it was this spirit that came upon her. And she spake out with loud voice. You see, she spoke with very loud voice. Very loud voice. And said, blessed are thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of the womb. It's now began to talk about the, the, the baby that Mary was carrying. Began to talk about him. And whence is this that to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You see, this is prophetic utterance. That the anointing of God came upon him, her, and started to speak of things that many people didn't even understand who Jesus was. They called him the mother of my Lord. For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. So people say John the Baptist was baptized in the womb, leaped for, for um, uh, Leaped and um, so 45. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of these things which were told her from the Lord. So we see the anointing of God came upon Elizabeth and she began to say things that normally she wouldn't know, she wouldn't even say. And it was important for God was testifying of his son, Jesus Christ. Okay? And then the anointing of God, the well, what we read in the Bible was that the baby, you know, was sleeping for joy. I didn't, I didn't read that. Maybe it was baptized, but they say it was baptized. I don't know. But maybe there are other verses that say so. 
Yeah, what we read here is that he was leaping for joy. There could be other verses that say he was, he was baptized. I didn't check that out. But let's move on. But what I'm trying to say is that this very incident is not baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, see what happened here um, in John 20, 19, the Lord and his disciples. Remember when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive it, the Holy Spirit. Some people teach it and say, see, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not true. It's not, it's not, there's no scripture that backs it up. Let me tell you something. Don't run with one verse. You get into error. You need to, you need to let scripture interpret scripture. You, you, you go and get other verses, other scriptures to be able to know the context in which the Bible is talking. If you quote one scripture, the devil has got you. You don't use one scripture. You, you, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. You don't, somebody can read, see this baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not. It's not. Look at John 20, 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, then the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They were terrorized. Fear of the Jews. Then came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. 20. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them, Again, peace be unto you. Because they were troubled. He was pronouncing these things upon them. Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even soon sent I you. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. This is not baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not. This is a bunch of people who are so afraid. But you need to understand the context of that fear. That the very person that they relied upon, that the Jews were able to crucify him and they killed him. And the Jews were vicious. So they were very, very, very afraid. They were very, very afraid. Extremely afraid. So Jesus breathed on them to, to give them fresh, fresh courage that was supernatural. Fresh courage to be able to stand the, the time that they were passing through. Remember, he told them, Peace be unto you twice, twice, and breathed upon them. This is not baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason that this is not baptism of the Holy Spirit is because all these things happened before the appointed time of Pentecost by scripture and by the plan of God. Everything that happened before this appointed time is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is what happened when there was the outpouring of the Spirit upon men and women and children by God. It was an, there was an appointed time for it. The Holy Spirit hadn't come. He hadn't come to do this. Now let's look at this, this, this uh, uh, scripture, Matthew 3, 11. This is John the Baptist talking. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Breathing on them was not Holy Ghost and fire. It was not Holy Ghost and fire. He, he, he said clearly, this is going to, when, when, when you see Holy Ghost and fire, you know that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
But that received you the Holy Spirit, there was no Holy Ghost and fire. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So his disciples needed that spirit upon them to be able to carry on this assignment that he started because they were going to preach the gospel. And so the last conversation he had with them, after he had said to them, receive you the Holy Spirit, I want you to see that that receive you the Holy Spirit is not baptism of the Holy Spirit at all. Because before he now ascended to heaven, he had a conversation with them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Showing that they have not received it. Because if they had received it when he said breathe, when he <clears throat> breathed on them, there will not be any need to, for, to have this uh, conversation anymore. So look at Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scripture, 46, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved, it behoved Christ to suffer <clears throat> and to rise from the dead the third day, <clears throat> and that repentance. And remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Repentance and remission of sins should now be preached in his name. <clears throat> Not the way John the Baptist preached it. It is for those who belong, who believe in his name. Their sins will be forgiven. Repentance is to turn from rejecting Christ to accepting him. Remember that the Holy Spirit convinced the world of one sin, of rejecting Christ. So if they, will, if they will believe in his name, their sins are forgiven. Their sins are forgiven. Because he has paid the price for sins with his blood. There was nothing required of mankind to do. So now, God is calling mankind to come back to reconciliation. Because God has made Christ to be seen for all of us. Who, he who knew no sin became sin, so that we can become the righteousness of God. It's already been done. We were required to just come and accept it. Accept what God was offering us. Be reconciled to God. So Jesus is saying that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So what does it mean? It means that if you believe in him, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Because the blood has been shed for the forgiveness of sins. So I just wanted to emphasize that. Let's continue to read in verse um, 48. And you are witnesses of these things, 49. And behold, I send the promise. See, start talking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Great means before now you have not been endued with that power promised to you. So that, that thing he did and said, receive you the Holy Spirit was not the fulfillment of this promise. It was not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Nothing before now is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if it has happened, they won't be talking about fulfilling the promise. He won't be talking about that. So let me read it again, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That is the day this promise will be fulfilled. Then in verse 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them, and it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. 
verse 52. And when they worshiped, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. You see that before this time, all this, you know, the fruit of the Lord came upon this and Mary and Elizabeth and all those things. That is not the fulfillment of the promise. Jesus said, I will send it when I leave. When I leave, he will come. If I don't go, he won't come. When I leave, I will send it. I will send him. So he hadn't come, and so the promise, the promise of baptism of the Holy Spirit has not taken place, brethren. Not in, nothing in history has taken place that is baptism of the Holy Spirit because Jesus has not left. When he said, if I leave, I will send him. So he's talking about, I will send him. I will now fulfill this promise. It's going to happen. Then you will receive power to be witnesses for me. To be witnesses for me. If the baptism of the Holy Spirit was on Elizabeth, and it, you see, even when it came, when God, when God um, anointed Elizabeth, it was even testifying of, of, of who Jesus was. So, but that was not baptism of the Holy Spirit at all. Now, in Acts 1 1, I'm taking time to go through this because the people are confused because a lot of wrong teaching is going on. People do whatever they like and call it baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let me warn us, it's dangerous. Very, very dangerous to toy with the Holy Spirit. Don't you fall for it. I'm begging you. Don't you fall for it. Get your scriptures correct. Don't mess with the Holy Spirit, please. Acts 1.1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Verse 2. Until the day that... Now, the writer of Acts is now telling us this story we read that Jesus had this discussion with disciples and then blessed them and he left. So he's not telling us what happened there. He's repeating this in his own, his own narrative. So Acts 1.1, one, one, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, which we just read, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Whom he had chosen, verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. That they should wait for the promise of the Father. Which said he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has not taken place up until now. Everything you saw in history of mankind, Old Testament, whatever was happening, was not that promise, was not that baptism. None of it. Verse 5 again, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons when the Father had put in his own power. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. You are going to receive it. After the Holy Ghost is come upon you. At that baptism. 
And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had, he had spoken these things, why they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. That was the last thing he discussed with them. That this promise will come to you not many days hence. Quit means anything before now is not it. It's not about the of the Holy Spirit at all. Then the day of the Pentecost came, Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come now, fully come now, what he told them, not many days hence. So it has fully come now. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there, there appeared up, upon them cloven tongues as of fire. That's what John the Baptist said. You will know it when it comes because there will be fire. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Before now, all that things that happened to all these prophets and things, there was no fire there. The fire was to signify the arrival of the real deal, the reality, the, the, the main demand. And God says, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So God showed it to say, yeah, this is it. This is the word I spoke. And they, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and they sat upon each of them. So that was, that was a sign to say, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That presence of the fire. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Because they are born again now, their Spirit is alive. So the Holy Spirit could speak through their Spirit. So they began to speak. This is what Jesus said. This is the sign that followed those that believe in me. They are going to speak a new tongue. You've never spoken this before. This kind of language you've never spoken. But you are going to speak it. Now, Peter explained it, that this is what the prophet says. Acts 2.16. But this is what, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, said God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. You see, the gift of the spirit will start manifesting. When that anointing comes on you, he said you will prophesy, you will see visions, you will dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. So mostly the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with the gifts of the Spirit alongside it. That's, that's what the scripture says here. When you receive it to be able to prophesy and other gifts of the Spirit will begin to manifest in the life of the, of the, of the Christians as the Spirit chooses to use them. That it doesn't manifest is another topic. It's totally another topic, and if we have time, we'll touch on it. So the result was so evident in the life of Peter. I've asked for seven. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, 
Even by him does this man stand here before you hold. This is the stone which was set at not by you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Twelve. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, see, see, the anointing brings boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They marveled at their boldness. It's unusual boldness. This is not normal boldness. They were filled with the anointing of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will give you boldness to preach the gospel and stand against opposition. Because opposition will come. Again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, is, it's not for those who have not received Jesus Christ into their lives. It's exclusively for Christians who will be witnesses for him. It's not for people who don't have Christ in them. Don't you do that and say you are praying for people who are your friends to baptize in the Holy Spirit who are not Christians. You are going to expose yourself to demonic oppression of very great proportion. You are taking a very dangerous route. Don't try that. It was his apostles. It was his disciples. It was exclusively for his disciples, not the crowd. Only for his disciples. John 14, 17. When the spirit of truth, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, they can't receive him because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I remember we said that when the Bible talks about the spirit of the Lord in us, the spirit of God in us, it's talking about the spirit of Christ. So he's saying, yes, that same spirit dwells in you, and now will be upon you. Will be upon you. Mark 16, 17. Like we say, this time shall follow them that believe. Only those who believe speak with new tongues. Unbelievers don't. Now, the Gentiles were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And let's look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Acts 10, 43. The Gentiles, that is us. To him gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. Remember what Jesus told them? That forgiveness and remission should be preached in his name. If they repent, repentance and forgiveness of sins, if they turn around and believe in him, their sins will be forgiven. They don't need to confess anything. Now look at it here. Peter is talking about it. To him gave all the prophets witness. All the prophets gave this witness. All the prophets that through his name, whoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. Whoever believes in him, whoever, all the prophets, Anybody who is not giving the same witness is a false prophet. Is a false prophet. 44. Why Peter yet spake this was the Holy Ghost fell on all of them, which had the word 45. And the day of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also were poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember now, it's a gift. <clears throat> it's the gift, like Jesus was a gift. Poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they had them speak with tongues. That's evidence. When it came upon them, we, the Bible said they were speaking with tongues and the Holy Spirit gave them a trust. Now we had them speaking with tongues. 
Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe they will speak with new tongues. That's what is happening here. He had them speak. They had them speak uh, with... Um, Uh, speak with tongues and magnify God. They answered Peter for t- and said, 47, Can any man forbid water that they should that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So, you know, God had to baptize them directly because if God left these, these uh, believers who came with Peter, they would never pray for them. They were still not sure whether the Gentiles were supposed to be saved anyway. They were still arguing about it. So God just bypassed human wisdom and all those things and baptized them with the Holy Spirit directly. Directly. If God didn't do that, this, they would still go and be having meeting and deciding whether, whether they should be baptized or not and arguing over it. God baptized them straight away. To show them, yes, once you believe in my son, Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are a candidate for baptism of the Holy Spirit. The church must take note of this. A Christ, somebody receives Christ into his life. The next thing is baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he becomes a witness for Jesus. Immediately. Immediately. Baptism is very important. Very, very critical. Very, very important. So... There are other people, look at Ephesus, what happened in Ephesus, Acts chapter 19 from verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus, Ephesus and finding certain disciples. These were disciples. So it's only disciples, finding certain disciples. Verse 2, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? believed. They believed and he expected them to have received the Holy Ghost. And they said unto him, we have not so much as had whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then verse 3, and he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. And he said, oh yeah, verse 4. He said to them in verse 4, in verse 4, then, he, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. In verse 5, when they had this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The gifts of the Spirit started working in them, and all the men were about twelve. About 12. They started doing things they were not doing before. The anointing began to make them to prophesy, and they were speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Don't let anybody teach you anything that is not Bible. Some men who don't understand, who don't believe the scriptures, they, they, don't, they, don't, they can't believe, they can't walk in the fullness of what God provided us because they, they want to drag everybody down to their level of unbelief. Even some have by sleeping from faith in Christ. Some don't even believe in the fullness, in the, in the Bible as true from cover to cover. Some don't believe, some people who teach these things don't believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Neither do they believe in creation. They are backsliding and they want to drive and they, they have all these degrees. Worthless degrees. What are you doing with the degrees? What you need is the Holy Spirit and the Word and He will teach you the Word. You don't need all these degrees. They come with all these degrees, write all these books and confuse people. You must be sure what you believe. Stay with the Bible. Stay with the Bible. Don't move an inch. The scripture is true. Yea and amen. 
You don't need a degree to know it. What you need is a desire, and the Holy Spirit will teach you himself. That which is true. That's, what, what, that's why he came. That's why he came. So, and so they, they, Paul laid hands on them, and they were baptized. So we can lay hands on people, and they can, they can be baptized. And people can receive directly like the Gentiles. I receive directly without anybody in my bedroom. I just began to thank God that this is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift that has come. Who waits for a gift? Lord, I thank you for the gift. I received it by faith in Jesus. And I started speaking in tongues. It didn't take me anything. It's a gift. Now, why is it that people who say they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is no manifestation of the gift? There is not even power at all. Because we don't know that we need to have a we, have, we need to uh, stir up this gift in us. We need to. There is freshness of the anointing that we need to understand, that we, we require. So in Psalm 92, verse 10, but my horn, emblem of excessive strength and stately grace, you have exalted like that of wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil. Anointed with fresh oil. Anointed with fresh oil. Some people who got baptized, they have not spoken in tongues in six months. They have not. They are, they are not. And they don't study scriptures. They are not prayerful. And they are not engaged in the service of the kingdom. So they have stale oil. They don't stir it up. They don't stir it up. Jude 20. Be ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying the Holy Spirit all the time. You build it up. You start it up. You, 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 get, you get fresh oil on your head all the time. Ask for that one. And when they had prayed, the place was shaking where they were, assembled again, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke with the word of God with boldness. You see again, they were fresh oil. They prayed, fresh oil came because they were involved in the things of God. They were interested in service. They were interested in witnessing. People have not witnessed anybody for one year. You are all, your anointing is, is stale. It is dormant. Powerless. But these people wanted to go and preach and God said, sure, that's why you get anointed. Even some people are just bench warmers in church and they say they speak in tongues. And when they speak in tongues, it's nothing. Absolutely nothing. And number two is, because they neglect it now in, in 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. They neglect it. They don't, they don't speak in tongues. They don't, evangelism, they are not interested. Nothing. <laughs> They're not serving God in any way. So the, the anointing is stale. It's dormant right there. It's dormant. It's not stirred. It's not stirred. Verse 2 Timothy 1.6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Fan it into flame. Uh, uh, fan it into flame. Use it. And he says, he says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So you have to pray in the spirit. You don't have to be afraid, timid. You have to be engaged. You have to be engaged. You have to be engaged. You have to be about their father's business, the work of the kingdom. It's not the spirit of timidity. You must be engaged. Don't let the devil stop you from praying in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Don't let him stop you. You must find it into flame, praying in the spirit, building up your most holy faith. There's some of the reasons that people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and it's not working is because 
They don't even know what it is. The Bible said, I don't want you to be ignorant of this. Because God's people perish for lack of knowledge. They don't even understand what the Holy Spirit baptism is. Some people think it is salvation. That way, nothing is working, my brother. Nothing. You've got to understand what it is. You walk in the truth, not in lie. You walk in the light and have fellowship with him. You can't believe wrongly and then get the result. No. You've got to know what the baptism is and, have, and with your heart believe what you've received. You've got to know what you received and believe that this is real. It is real. And it will work. But you can't be wishy-washy about it halfway, halfway. Look warm. You don't know what it is. It's not going to work. So we need to really get involved in serving the Lord, praying the Spirit all the time. Believe by faith what you received. Believe by faith. Speak in tongues. You don't have to understand what it is. Speak in praying the Spirit boldly. It's not the Spirit of timidity. Then you have fresh oil. You have boldness. Man, you, you stir up these gifts. And then the gifts of the Spirit in you start manifesting. And as we're teaching it, you are going to see some of them that have been, manif- that have been working in your life. And then I want you to yield to them so that you will come to the fullness of that manifestation. Some of you have the gift of faith, gift of so many gifts among us here, but it's not being used because we don't know what they are. So we don't yield to them. And remember, we live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit must use you. Must use you. You must be used for the work of the kingdom. The purpose of our living is to serve, his, is, is to serve the Lord. That's the purpose of our living. We're not here to make money. We're here to serve the Lord, and the Lord will supply. Seek your faith, the kingdom of God. They will supply what sustains you while you're here. Supply you health while you're here. Supply you everything you need to be able to do that. But if you twist it now, and then your purpose of living is work, 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 money, 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 money. Then God said, you supply what sustains you to do all those things. Because he didn't start it, you started it, you finish it up. That's why a lot of lives are just the way it is. Because we change the value system of God. And God is watching us in our wisdom. And by that wisdom, no man prevails. So I'm just urging us to be able to be attentive to these teachings. And if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just have to be baptized. Get into your room and thank God that the the Spirit has come. It's a gift. I Do what I did. And lift up your hands and begin to say, Lord, I thank you that the Spirit of God has come. I expect to be baptized and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And I expect to speak in tongues. You, the, spirit, the Spirit of God will begin to move from your stomach. Move and give your trance. You just have that oil to speak. You open your mouth because this is not the spirit of timidity. Spirit of power. And you open your mouth and, and start speaking in tongues. Make sure you pray in, in tongues a lot. I do. I do for hours. When I mean hours, I mean hours. It's just to teach. That's why I'm telling you this. Otherwise, I don't have to tell you this. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for what you are teaching us, the discussion you had with your disciples, you also having with the church. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You say we should wait until we're endued with power. We can't serve you without him. It's so crucial. It's important that when the Gentiles believed you, you gave them that power immediately. Lord, we need it. It's what you, you, it, it, this is his time. This is his time. Father, I pray that you open our eyes to understand this. So we don't operate the spirit of timidity, we operate the spirit of power. And the spirit of love and sound mind. And walk with your spirit, so that we're useful in the things of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.